and uh, we're going to continue with a bit of giving. As I said, uh, I wanted to give opportunity for anybody just to share um, anything that they feel God might have just said to them during our time of worship, um, simply because he is a speaking God, and we, we need to learn his voice, or to hear his voice, and to learn what is he saying to us, and what is it he wants to bless us with. Um, so, because I've asked that, I shall go first, okay? And whilst I'm talking, there's a big space up here that you can come and fill, so that I can ask you to hear what God might have said to you. Okay, I just, I'm not putting any pressure, and if nobody comes up, that's absolutely fine. It's not a problem, it won't faze me. But I'll be really upset. No, I won't. Um, I just found myself calling out in the worship in one of the earlier songs, in the noisy ones, you are Joshua, you are Joshua. I'm thinking, what? What am I saying? You were Joshua? What's that about? You know, sometimes when you get carried away in the spirit, you sometimes don't realize what you're actually doing. And, but God is saying something. And he actually stops, makes you stop and think, well, well, what's that? Well, Joshua means he saves for a start off. And Jesus does. He saves us. But I was also thinking on about it. Joshua led the armies and took ground. Um, Moses wasn't permitted to go into the land of Canaan. God said, you're not going in. There was a particular reason. But Joshua then had to take the armies of Israel into the land. So that, as I was calling out, it was bringing back to my mind that Jesus is taking us forward. He is fighting. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Tears are never far away in this man. Jesus is fighting our battles. He is warring for us and we can have encouragement and take courage. Whatever's being thrown at us. I've had a lot of stuff thrown at me this week, I can assure you. Um, the devil does not want us to gather together. He does not want us to share. He does not want the body of Christ represented. John, would you like to share something? It's precious, isn't it, when we come together? Um, I, I just want to... Uh, this, I find this such a stimulating environment um, visually. And uh, Stu's talking about you know, God speaking to us, but... The, what we see is also uh, a channel for him to speak or to impart. So, um, start off, there's a community, isn't there, there in that cross. And I was just thinking, you know, we are a community of God's people. And through his, his death um, and the awfulness and the horror of what he went through, there is life there. And God would speak life to us and community to us. We are saints of the Lord Most High. We are all saints of the Lord Most High. We are in his school. We haven't left his primary school. He's with us. He's teaching us <laughs> in the, his, his school of life. And he is our faithful teacher. Uh, but we're all his saints. You know, it's not just St. Paul and St. Peter. You know, you know it's St. Stu. And, 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 uh, we're, we're all his... From, from the least, we're his people, and we, we are, you know, if we're on his pilgrimage and we're walking with him, we are his saints. And then outside in the, in the corridor, um, there's something that says, uh, we are the tree of life. I think, well, that's a bit presumptuous. But in Jesus, we are connected. And actually, for this world, we are his tree of life. Um, it's just great, isn't it? It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Marvellous. Thank you, John. 
Anything else anybody wants to share? I mean, and, and very good, John. Pictures as well. I mean, any means that God is speaking. Thank you. Curious that Stuart should make this offer, because this morning, um, whilst in our worship, um, God reminded me of my testimony. It's very easy in the busyness of life, and I am particularly busy running a company, where we employ, I'm, I, have to, I have to physically count up the number of people I employ now because I cannot remember, there are so many. It's getting for nearly 40 people. Now, some of you wouldn't be aware that I set up my business in 96 after I'd been made redundant. Um, and we have grown since then by the grace of God. But God said, just remember where you are from and what I have done. Um, go right back to when I was a student at university. In fact, I was talking to these two young people this morning. That just reminded me how God intervened in my life. I was a PhD student, final year PhD, and I met a very nice and attractive young lady, uh, Mrs. Ayres at the back there, um, who was a first year student at the university, and I was a final year postgraduate. But she had something that I didn't. She knew God. I wasn't a Christian at the time, uh, and I was sort of single at the time, and sort of looking for a girlfriend at the time. And I thought, oh, crumbs of God squatter. This is not really on my agenda. But anyway, um, there was just something about Sarah that I thought, okay, this is interesting. And she started sharing that she knew God as a person. Now, this was complete revelation to me because I'd been through the normal sort of Church of England um, practices of confirmation at 13, which confirmed that I actually knew almost nothing about God. And, uh, and, and at, at 21, 22, I went to a, my, my niece's christening in Salisbury Cathedral and realized that, you know, I don't actually believe any of this. And me going through the communion and saying all the words was just bosh basically, because I didn't believe it. I actually felt a hypocrite. So I thought, that's it, I'm not going to bother going again. And till then, of course, I met Sarah at university, and she started my exploration. She started my journey to finding God. And um, this started really by asking myself asking the question, what's going to happen to me when I die? This is not always the way that people come to God, but actually, for me, it was quite... An important one because if there was a God then there was a devil and there was a heaven and there was a hell because if you take the premise that God exists then an awful lot of other things just naturally fall into place so I thought okay where am I going and I really knew actually because I knew that I wasn't with God and I didn't know him and so that was started my journey of looking for him and I got to the point where I'd actually physically I had I had lo logically worked out that God existed. Being a scientist, I approached it from a very logical point of view, and I could see pointers, I could see clues. And uh, one of the clues, which might be odd for some of you, but John would probably understand this, was in the biochemical pathways. There's a, a chart that you can buy, students and university people buy the chart, biochemical pathways. It's Krebs cycle, there's um, beta oxidation of fatty acids, and all sorts of fantastic stuff like that. But they are beautiful. You look at the complexity, the biochemistry of life, and it is beautiful. 
And that spoke to me of God. That spoke to me of God, just the intricacy and the complexity. And so that set me on my route. And then I went to uh, Dale's Bible Week and I saw a whole bunch of people doing all sorts of weird things like jumping up and down and clapping, being happy um, and practicing what they preached. And that was, again, another eye-opener for me. And that was really, that was very stimulating and, and exciting. And I realized that I needed to make a decision. And that what separated me from God was my sin and that Christ was the way through. And all it was done, all I had to do was just make that decision to let him pay the price that I had deserved. And at that point, on August the 5th, 11.30 p.m. 1981, I gave my life to God. And, and absolutely nothing happened in the physical. And I add that. In the, absolutely nothing happened. I went to bed, woke up the next morning, completely different. It's not that I was a bad person to start with. I was a university student. Um, <laughs> okay, yes. And, and was your perennial university student because I've managed to hang on for years. Um, but I just woke up and I felt different. Everything was just, uh, without prompting, I knew something had happened. And, and this is what God is reminding me of, was these are sometimes the things that you need to think back to when you know God intervened in your life. You know that God had his finger on you. Because life can be hard, life can be very busy, life can distract, and it's very easy just to lose that freshness. It's very easy to actually just lose where you're from and what God has done for you. And he did that for me. And, I, and that was the start of a life of, um, of grace, of grace. Because since then, of course, and then I, I married Sarah and we, we have three, well, uh, four wonderful children now with Dan as the extra. Um, and uh, we have been blessed um, and, and we continue to be blessed and you know I don't think we deserve it um, in fact I know that really and it is by grace it is by the grace of God that he has done this for us and it is good to remember it is good each of you have your own stories where God has intervened it doesn't matter whether you've been walking with God for 20, 20 days or 20 years. There will still be things that you can call back to memory and say, I know my God intervened at that point. Thank you. You can clap him if you like. That's great. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise his name. You know... God dropped something, a little something, a seed into Mike this morning. And what happened? This whole unfolding. And that often is the way God speaks to us. It starts with a whisper. And if we go with it, it unfolds. This whole journey of the goodness of God that we are reminded, we start to meditate upon something good and wholesome and life-filled and we begin to be transformed as we go with that. 
That's why it's such a heart desire and burden of mine that we learn to hear what is heaven saying because it comes in that just a fleeting moment. But it's a seed. It's rarely a power thing. Not to say those things don't happen, but my experience is it's more the gentle whispers from heaven. Yeah, of course. I'm um, just share share a couple of things, not three things. I'm not a preacher yet. <laughs> um, when we were seeing Amazing Grace, um, I had my eyes shut and I saw a mist, and God was just reminding me of His grace. You know, on a, uh, an autumn morning when the mist just rises, you know, His grace is amazing. He just raises things off of us. The burdens are set free, and we're free. You know, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And then another picture slightly later, my daughter was sprawled out on the chair and she almost fell off. And I instinctively grabbed her and it was a really firm grab. And God was saying to me here, for some people, God's going to grab you. You know, you feel like you're sprawled on the edge of that chair, but God's grabbing you. He's got you. So don't worry. Thank you. I don't want to cut anybody off if anybody's got. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sorry, I don't know your name. Josh. I like that. Um, this is just a little um, thing I was thinking. Um, I actually saw you, Stu, um, when you were waving the flags. And um, you picked up both the gold flags, and I just saw the gold flags waving. And I was, um, felt like God said to me um, that actually his riches are available to us. And actually just that picture of gold um, above us. Um, and a lot of people have talked about grace this morning. Uh, and I remember someone back in Leicester um, in one of our meetings said um, that um, sort of about grace, um, that you can think of it as um, grace, God's riches available, come experience. Um, and I just love that. And I, I think that that's um, just something for us to enjoy, God's riches. Um, and that's over us and it's available to us um, for each for our lives and when we meet together. So. Brilliant. Shall I carry on? Yeah. Okay. Time is almost gone. But I'm going to share as quickly as I can some verses to just help root for us. Because this is about lifestyle. This is about a new way of life. <laughs> and uh, it's new every day. So, I'm, I'm going to read some verses. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn to them and read them with me. Uh, John 10, verses 1 to 4. Most assuredly, this is Jesus speaking, I say to you, he who doesn't enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. I really struggled believing that I could hear God's voice as a, a youngster, as a student. And um, I kind of got to the point where I thought, I, I don't know God's voice. But the truth of the matter is... We all know his voice. It is a lie of the enemy to say that we don't. And um, 
we, I was on a, a weekend away with this Christian union and we, we just, the leader just said, right, okay, we're just going to stop now. We're going to listen to God. We're going to hear what he's saying to each one of you. And in a moment, <laughs> excuse me, God said, why do you think you can't hear my voice? Like sometimes the way God speaks is like, excuse me? It was just so obvious and in your face. And so I want to assure you, we are his sheep. We hear his voice. It's learning to recognize his voice and know that and have the assurance. Okay. Uh, so how does God make himself known amongst us? We've seen a few things. By a word, by a picture, a feeling by his peace, by a sense, a conviction, a scripture, a memory, a book, a situation. There are myriads of ways in which God speaks to us. And we just need to become unveiled from our preconceived ideas and not think I'm going to sit here and wait until God says a word to me. It's very rare that you will hear God speak. He does. My granddad heard God speak to him. And do you know one of the things God says? I might have shared it before. You'll only need one in the pot today. Excuse me? What's that about? He just got up to make tea for him and his wife. And his wife passed away in a moment. Because he went back into the bedroom and she'd gone. And it's like, wow. <laughs> you kind of realize why God speaks when he speaks. You really need to hear something, you know, in a really crucial moment. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 to 33. Uh, I'm just going to read it out. It's the passage which talks about the gathering of the saints, that when we come together... Let's just see what it says. If I just, this is the one that I hadn't typed out. 1 Corinthians. It's in there somewhere. How then is it, brethren, whenever you come together, each one of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation. Let all thing be, things be done for edification. I'm not going to read the whole passage. I'm going to let you go back through that yourselves. It's talking about how we manifest God as the company of believers when we come together. Hands up if you were blessed by anything that was shared by the people that spoke this morning. Yeah, did you feel kind of strengthened? It ministered life and that is exactly how God is manifesting his presence amongst us corporately. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are within each of us by the Holy Spirit. And as we come together, this is what is meant to happen. It's the evidence that God is among us. This is God making himself known. And as one another share what the Lord has given, those who are perhaps less certain or confident about hearing God's voice begin to tune in. Think, ah, oh, I felt that the Lord was saying that too, but I wasn't really sure. But wow, it must have been God. Because I, 
I had that sense. And God will often confirm something out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. It says that in scripture. But God wants to confirm, I am speaking this thing. Have assurance, this is me. It's not just some flaky guy. God wants to touch our hearts. And have you ever noticed that the greatest part of the word heart is here? God will touch us as we hear what he says. He will minister to the deeper parts of our beings. 1 Corinthians 2.16 This says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? That's quoting Isaiah 40 verse 13. And it goes on to say, this is Paul writing, But we have the mind of Christ. Now, it says we, not I, we. And as we come together, we find God's heart for us. We find direction as we want to reach out and touch East St. Park, Richmond Hill, the world. We get answers. We find situations released because we receive from heaven and what God is saying to us. It's together that we represent the Godhead to the world. And there's something that happens when we come together in his name. But we need to cooperate with heaven. We need to start to realise how. Now, this morning I just felt I've got to wave something. I wanted a huge flag this morning, but that's too difficult in this small room. And I chose the gold flags deliberately because I thought, no, I need something that's going to say something. I know gold just seems the right colour. And it's ministered to Josh. It's spoken to him. And I acted. I did something is what I'm trying to say. I took a step. And it can be a multitude of ways. And we could have painters and artists painting away through the worship and then they share. This is what I saw. There are many, many ways. And we've had that word of creativity brought to us. And creativity is really in every single one of us. As Mark said last week, we're all creative in whatever way that is going to represent and manifest. I don't think, well, I'm not creative because you are. It's just in you. So when we come together, we need to be positioned, ready, listening, anticipating the Lord of hosts and what he will say or do. We need to give him space in our hearts and we need to be ready to be used. And as I was preparing, I was just remembering a story that a guy called Bob Lemon shared. Some of you will have known, met him. Uh, And he was talking about stewards. And he said, this is an anointed ministry. He had a great heart for it. And he wanted to encourage people to realize, actually, you standing on the door welcoming somebody is anointed, if you believe that. And he talked about this lady who was a steward in a particular church. And she had spent the day previous to the, on the Saturday just worshipping God, just talking to God through the day, preparing for service in the congregation. And she was on the door. And the worship had started and this, I think it was a lady arrived, who was really struggling. She had some sort of illness or whatever. And the woman on the door just knew in the spirit instantly. And she was just, she grabbed her by the hands and started dancing around with her. And this woman was instantly healed. I mean, it's like, wow, come on, Jesus, let's have more of that. You know, and that's, but she understood I'm a vessel 
of power from heaven. I'm a channel that can minister life. I've got something. And yeah, I'm just a doorkeeper. Just a doorkeeper? Hey, but she took it seriously and was believing God for presence. So our primary focus, I'm going to go over time. I'm really sorry, guys. But I really want to just share um, what I can here. This is what makes us different to the world. And it's what the enemy doesn't want us to engage in. Hands up, anybody who's ever struggled with coming to church in the morning. I don't want to be with a whole bunch of people with the big loud noises. The music's going to be too loud. That's the flesh and the enemy thinks it's Sunday morning. Right, throw it on the Christians. Come on, guys. Stop them getting together. Representing the Christ man in this world. Stop them from doing it. We've got to do everything we can. Throw anything at them. Everything and everything. Anything. Let's just jump to Psalm 36 and I'll try and draw it to a close. A wonderful psalm. I'm just going to read from verse 5. Just marvellous truth. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. This is the key thing I want us to see. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. That's us. And you give them, you give them drink from the river of your pleasure. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. When we come together, we come to the fountain of life. Although the river is already within us, it's a contradiction, isn't it? But the river is flowing as we come together as one man. And we enter his presence, or perhaps I should say he enters our presence. He enters our crowded world. And we put aside all the temporal stuff and tap into the eternal. And that's where life starts to grow and flow and minister. That river of life, that wherever it flows, brings life. It makes the salty water pure. The fish are there swimming. It's teeming with life. This is the river that flows. This is the river the enemy does not want us to get our feet in. He doesn't want us anywhere near it. And yet that river is flowing and it will never stop. It's going to fill the earth. Glory to God. And it's there in his presence that we see. In his light. His light is manifest here. We see light. We get understanding. Situations become sorted in our heads. In his presence, we drink and are satisfied. We are sustained. We live again. We receive fresh resurrection power and life. And we are propelled outwards. So, it's with purpose we are filled that we may pour out. So that indirectly, as Psalm 36 says, others can be satisfied with the fullness of his house. So as we receive, we've got life to give. We've got a smile. We've got 
a humorous word. Whatever it is, however we are, let's just be the fullness of who we are and bubble over and spill over with his life. In worship, you can't be lost in wonder and not wonder about the lost. God will speak words of direction. Bring to mind a work colleague, neighbor, someone he wants to reach for you to pray for and touch them in some way. He'll draw you to himself and give you the wisdom of how to do it. We're going to close there and um, we're just going to spend five minutes with the music playing. And... uh, Yeah, just allow Holy Spirit just to minister to you as you're preparing for your week ahead. Bless you guys. Anointing go with you. And then we're going to finish off with reading our declaration from Luke 4. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we we love. love.